Welcome, and thank you for joining us for the City Baptist Church Podcast. We would love to have you join us for a service in person. You can find all the information you need on our website at citybaptist.church. But today what we're here to do is we're here to celebrate a little bit. And that's okay. We're here to celebrate God's goodness, His faithfulness, His love, and the work that God has been doing through His people over these last seven years. And I got to tell you, church, it is such a privilege for me uh, to be your pastor. It's a privilege for me to uh, talk about and and to really reflect on all of the the ways that God has used our church. But honestly, I got to tell you, we don't really, we shouldn't be surprised at that. And here's what I mean by that. You know, sometimes we look at what God has done and, and we're sort of taken aback a little bit and we say, wow, this is amazing. This is surprising. This is what I, isn't what I expected. But you know what? We shouldn't be surprised by God doing great things. Do you know why? Because he's a God who does great things, right? He is a God who accomplishes amazing things through his people. And the wonderful thing is that if you're a person that follows Jesus Christ with all of your heart, it always ends up in an adventure like you never expected. I don't know any other way to put it. You know, as a kid, I love reading adventure novels. And there's no greater adventure story than a person that is completely and totally surrendered to Jesus Christ. He will take you places you never thought you'd go. You'd experience things that you never thought were possible, all because you committed yourself to following the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm just so excited about the future uh, that God has for us and serving and, and following the Lord. And it's such a privilege for us to experience that today and be reminded of it. You know, we don't know what the future holds for us here at City Baptist, but as they say, we know who holds the future, right? And it is God, and uh, we are going to follow him by faith, and we can never go wrong in that. And so that's what today's message is about. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. I want to talk about how when we take steps of faith, even in ways that don't really make sense to us, it will lead us into God's perfect will. And so we're going to see that in the familiar story in Luke chapter 5 as I mentioned this morning, and we're going to see it in the life of really a miracle of the life of Jesus Christ as Jesus becomes the captain of a fishing boat. Now you say, well, I didn't think Jesus was a fisherman. No, he wasn't. We knew him as a carpenter. He was a house builder. Um, But just like this week, as we were going out to eat fish and chips, and as we got in the car, we went on uh, Tuesday to go eat fish and chips. And as we got in the car, Royal said, dad, get your fishing pole. Uh, He was a little confused. (laughs) Uh, We are going to join Jesus on a fishing trip as he uh, really reveals himself in an amazing way and encourages us with taking steps of faith. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 5 and begin reading in verse number 1 through verse number 3. It says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and as Peter, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, Jesus here was very early in his ministry when this took place. And he made his return to this region known as Galilee. Galilee. Now, the lake here that is called the Lake of Gennesaret is the Sea of Galilee. It's called different things. And here, Jesus comes and his fame, of course, is beginning to grow. And people are beginning to follow him. They're beginning to uh, learn and, and see, of course, the miracles, but also they want to hear this teacher who speaks with incredible authority and power and wisdom. Everyone is always, almost in this whole section here, people are always trying to get close to Jesus. They're trying to experience uh, what he's trying to say. They really aren't giving him a moment's rest. Maybe some of you parents feel that way with your kids. Like, just give me a minute, right? But that's what it's like with Jesus. Everyone is there. They're following him. They want to be around him. They want to 
Uh, hear what he has to say. And here we see him on the lake. He's standing there on the shore and there would have been a crowd of people around him. And he begins to speak to them and they come closer. They want to uh, hear what he has to say. But what we notice in this passage is that there were not just the people there listening. We are told here in the passage that there were also two boats on the water. Did you see that? It just mentions that there were two boats there. And Jesus says to uh, him, to Simon, he says, I want you to push out a little bit from the land. And Jesus got in the guy's boat, it says the ship, and he stood there and he began to teach the people uh, there on the shore that morning. Now, it's interesting that this detail is given to us. You would think that Jesus would have said, well, or that those that were recording this story, that Jesus was there and he was preaching and, and there was people all over the place and maybe talk about the crowd. But instead, we really specifically see him mentioned. There's two boats there and there's some fishermen there. He said, well, why were the fishermen there in the morning? I thought fishermen went out early in the, in the day, right? If you ever go fishing, anyone ever gone fishing? I go sometimes. I like to go salmon fishing. Guess what we do? We get up super early in the morning and we drive out to a river somewhere and we get out and put our hip waders on and we go out and we try to catch something. Or if you're like John and I, we go out and we just stand in the water for hours and hours and hours and not catch anything at all. Uh, but in, in, in the Sea of Galilee, they would actually fish during the night because it's a warmer climate. The fish dive down deep to the cool water during the day. And at night, the fish would come to the surface. And that's the perfect time if you're going to throw out nets out of a fishing boat to try to catch them. And so these men would have been on the shore, more than likely cleaning their nets, preparing for the next evening's fishing uh, trip. And here they are on the sea. And Jesus says to Simon Peter, he says, I want you to push your boat out and I'm going to get in with you. Now, I want you to notice that this is not the first time that Peter has been connected or been around Jesus. Uh, Jesus had, he had met him personally before. There have been other experiences that he had seen. He had seen miracles of Christ. He had seen some very unique things happen, but we still don't see Simon Peter at this point yet following Jesus. He's still doing his, his job. He's still uh, out fishing. He's not quite yet a follower of Jesus Christ. And here we see Jesus come to him, and I believe specifically ask Peter, say, I want to be in your boat. And it's for a very, very specific reason. The thing that I believe is happening here is that Jesus is giving Peter another chance to follow him. Like I mentioned, Peter had experienced already Christ. He had met him. He knew that Jesus was saying, follow me, come after me. But yet he was still not there. He was still doing the same old thing. And so Jesus is speaking to him again, and he's calling him to him. He says, I want you to reconnect again with me. And aren't you thankful that our God does that? <laughs> aren't you thankful that even though we have been introduced maybe to Christ as a child, or maybe you connected with him, maybe just recently, a few years ago, maybe you strayed from him for a while, maybe you stepped away in your faith, maybe you were just struggling, that Jesus continues to reach out to us. He still continues to put himself in our lives. And that's what we see here is Peter is getting another chance to follow God. And Jesus, of course, always more concerned with the individual than the crowd, now begins to speak to Peter. You might say a captive audience. They're off the shore now. And he begins to speak to him some certain things. And Jesus makes some requests. And that's what we see, first of all, is that we see a request for faith. A request for faith. Look at verse number four and then into verse five. He says, now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a draft. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Now, right away, for those of you, if you've been in Sunday school or you've been in church, you're like, okay, I know this story. I know what's going to happen here. But I want to refresh our memories because we see Jesus make this request of faith. You say, well, how is this, uh, how is this a request of faith? Well, Peter says it right there. 
He says, listen, Lord, we've been out all night and we've caught nothing. He's like John and I. We've been out all night, all morning, and we've caught nothing. And we just keep throwing it, throwing it, throwing it, and we've caught nothing. And so he says, Jesus, we've caught nothing at all. But Jesus says, I still want you to go out. I want you to throw out your nets, and I want you to prepare for a great catch. These things that Jesus is saying, launch into the deep, put down the nets, prepare to pull in some fish. That's what a draft is. It's a great catch. Those are all requests of Jesus of faith towards Peter. Remember, there's no guarantees that he's going to catch anything. It's daytime. It's warming up. The, the waters are changing. I mean, think about uh, Peter. You know, I'm sure Peter, he always spoke his mind, right? And, and we always relate to Peter in that sense. He just said whatever he's thinking. I'm sure he's like, listen, man, you're a carpenter. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> leave the water stuff to me. Uh, you want to build me a house, you go right ahead. But leave the water to me. Leave the ocean to me. I've been on the water since I was a kid. My father taught me this. My brothers and I, my friends, this is what I do. This is ridiculous, Jesus, that you would want us to go out. This is my boat. This is my occupation. I miss my kids. I've been out all night. I want to go see the family. Why would you ask me to do this? And that's why Peter responded that way. That's why he said, listen, we've been out all night and we have caught nothing at all. Now for us, right, we know the story. So Winnie's over here just laughing like, ha, ha, I know the story. I know what's going to happen. And so we look at Peter and we're like, what a dope. Come on, Peter. This is Jesus, right? You know what he's going to do. Come on. Well, we know what he's going to do. Peter doesn't know that. And we say, come on, Peter, get it together. Why don't you obey the Lord? Why don't you get out there? And, and that's so often, though, how we are. This is what I want us to get. Peter is so often like we are when it comes to the Lord. We look at him with disbelief, but this is often how we respond to God when he asks us to take steps of faith for him, isn't it? Today, as Christians, we are so comfortable. We're so comfortable in our commitments to Christ. We're so comfortable in our plans, who and how we are willing to serve. We're so comfortable in, in the areas and our expectations for how life should be or how we should minister to other people. And then when God steps in and says, I want you to take a step of faith for me. I want you to do something that doesn't seem to make sense. I want you to follow me in this unique way. Then what we do is we, like Peter, manufacture an excuse, don't we? We say, well, this doesn't fit our plan. This doesn't fit what I want to do. And how many times in my own life have I said, God, don't you know that I got things figured out? <laughs> Lord, don't you know that uh, this is my life? Don't you know, Lord, that I do serve you already, that I already uh, attempt to do these things, or I did this in the past, or I tried it and it didn't work? And, and the truth that we need to get hold of right now at the very beginning of the message is this, church. God's plan for you may not fit your plan for you. We've got to get that. God's plan for you is not necessarily going to line up exactly what you think your life should look like. It just doesn't add up. And, and you know what? That's okay. That's okay. Just as much as it's going to be okay for Peter here, it's okay for you if God's plan for you is not exactly what you thought it would be. And so Jesus here is saying, Peter, I want you to take this action by faith. I want you to follow me. And I got to tell you, God is still asking his people. God is still calling his children to attempt out of the ordinary, unknown, great things for God, actions that God calls us to that take courage. God calls us and he leads us to do things that take sacrifice. And yes, I got to tell you, God may ask you to do something that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Whoa, it's true. He may ask you to do something that is just like, I don't, this is the weirdest thing ever. Some of you are married to that weirdest thing ever, right? <laughs> this doesn't make sense. And God says, there we go. Oh, okay. I touched on something there. I see it. Okay. All right. <laughs> But listen, as Christians, we get so comfortable, don't we? We get so complacent. 
That even when God does ask us, like Peter, we have excuses, we get fired up for a bit, and we say the same old things. At some point in our Christian journey, we've got to come to grips that God is still requesting faith of his people. God is still asking us and and begging us to do different things that may not make sense to us, but God has a plan. Listen, anything great that has been done or accomplished for the Lord has been done by people who are challenged to follow him by, by faith. By people who have, who have been challenged by the Lord to do things that are out of the ordinary. If we are going to make a mark in this world, church family, for the Lord, if we're going to make a difference in this city of Vancouver, it's going to be as we learn to follow God by faith. And our last seven years of history as a church have been that. And I'm so thankful for it. We have, for the last seven years, our history has been marked by people that were willing uh, to get out of our comfort zones, to try new things, to love uh, others deeply, to labor together by faith. It didn't always make sense. And we didn't always just live in this perfect comfort bubble. And it wasn't always easy. But God still showed us that he can come through and walk with us. I'm so thankful for, our, for the, the, the core group of people that came with us when we started the church. Because you know where they came from? They came from a very comfortable church. They did. And the pews had padding on it. <laughs> they came from a church that was full. They came from a church that had programs and kids ministries and a youth uh, pastor. And they came from a church that had, uh, that had a building already. And they were willing to step out by faith and, and, and come along with our family and go to a, a dirty tap dance studio. Did you notice how clean the floors are? <laughs> yeah. A dirty tap dance studio and come with us and see what God could do through us. <clears throat> And that took faith, and I know it wasn't easy. And I know there were times that their family maybe even suffered from it. Maybe their children didn't get the care or the, 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 I don't know, the classes or whatever it was that would have benefited them. But you know what? They said, this is by faith. This is what God has called us to do. And so I'm going to follow along with it. And I'm so thankful for them. So thankful for them. We'll recognize them at the end of this service. But God still proved himself faithful. God still proved himself faithful. Because when God take, calls us to take a step of faith, he always leads away. I love 1 Thessalonians 5.24 that says, Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. If God's called you, he is going to do it for you. He's going to go with you. And so Peter here is confronted with this request of faith by Jesus. And initially, he responds with an excuse. And we go, come on, Peter, get it together. Well, he changes his tone. Secondly, as we see a response of faith. Look with me at verse number 5. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. And then look at this phrase. He says, nevertheless. Now, that's a really interesting word, nevertheless. Here. We'll just stop here for a moment. That's a classic pastor move, isn't it? Oh, look at this word. Right? <laughs> it's not a word that typically is expressed in English, where we would maybe make a statement about something, and then we say, but we are going to do this. We typically just get to the point, right? Well, this is what's going to happen. But in, in other cultures and languages, there's often this vernacular, this wording where we would make a statement, but then we would say, but nevertheless. And so that's why we see this word here. And so he says to Jesus, he says, we've to toiled all night, we've, we've caught nothing, but, he says, nevertheless, at thy word. So he's saying here, it doesn't make sense to me, but at thy word, I will let down the net. Now, one of the characteristics of Peter that I love is that he was quick to see and admit his mistakes, wasn't he? How many times in the Word of God do we see that where he says something and he's like, oh, you know, maybe you've done that maybe this week. You know, he said something and oh, man. And it's something we can learn from. But I think Jesus, uh, Peter was the kind of guy, though, that as he's saying this to Jesus, in his mind, he's thinking, I shouldn't have said that. Who am I talking to here? I'm talking to Jesus. And so he says, nevertheless, I'm going to 
go ahead and I'm going to follow you. And I got to tell you, I think his faith was tentative, don't you? I think his faith was maybe uncertain. He still knew the ocean, he still, or the, the sea, he still knew the habits of the fish, he still knew his job, and he didn't understand, but he did have this bit of faith, and he says, I don't really get it, Lord, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to follow you. Listen, church, we need to know this. Every expression of faith doesn't have to be some big, massive thing, right? Sometimes we think that, like, if I'm going to express my faith, you know, then I'm like, you know, wearing a sandwich board on the side of the road, you know, like waving at people. It says, Jesus saves. Like we think that, like we think it's this big, massive thing. But so often God is just looking for us to take that step of faith, that first step that leads us. And you know what? It's okay if your faith is tentative. It's okay if you're like, all right, Lord, I don't know about this. But regardless of whether or not I know about this, Lord, I'm still going to follow you. I'm still going to, to pursue you. I'm still going to take that step. And that's what we see here with Peter. He says, I don't know. We, we haven't caught anything, but Lord, I'm still going to follow you. See, our God only gives us things that can happen. And we must surrender to him in this way. I think to Peter at this moment, he thought this was an impossible situation. But later, as Jesus would say to him in Mark 10, 27, this is dealing around the salvation of a rich person. Jesus said to them, he said, with men, it's impossible but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. See, to Peter here, the whole situation seemed impossible. And to you, when God speaks to you, when God asks you to follow him by faith, it may seem impossible to you in that moment. But even though it seems like it is, I want to tell you, we serve a God who specializes in the impossible. Just ask Noah. Ask Jonah not Lalog, you know, in the Bible. <laughs> Maybe ask him too. <laughs> ask Ruth. Ask Daniel. Ask Job. Ask David. Ask Goliath. <laughs> we serve a God who specializes in the impossible. And can I tell you, we are standing in the impossible today. We really are, church. We are standing in something that seemed impossible and yet God brought it to pass. Our God specializes in the impossible. And to Peter here, it seemed like it, but he still stepped out by faith. See, the issue is not the request of faith, but will you respond with an action of faith? James chapter 2 and verse number 18, it says, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. See, one of the greatest ways that we can demonstrate that we are followers of Jesus Christ is through actions that are motivated by faith. And I'm so thankful that as your pastor, that I get a chance to share with many people the steps of faith that many of you have taken. You say, you talk about me, pastor? I do, yes, but only good things, okay? I'm so thankful that how many times I've been able to talk to my pastor friends and others and I think sometimes they get upset with me because all I want to do is talk about you as a church family. And I'm like, man, this person got saved and this person, you know, followed the Lord in baptism and this person is growing in their faith and this person put aside this besetting sin and this person is serving in a new way and, and, and all of these things. And I'm constantly sharing stories of growth and how God is using you. And I can't help it because your stories of faith, church family, inspire me as an individual. They inspire me personally when you take steps of faith and you walk through tragedy with joy and when you forgive, uh, when, you're, when you're mistreated and all of these things that happen in life, that inspires me and it encourages me as your pastor and it encourages others as well. And it's because you're taking an action of faith. That's the whole point. An action of faith can inspire others to faith as well. 
Last night, I got a text message from a friend of mine, and he said this. I want, I want you to hear this. It was, it was really encouraging last night. He said, I'm so thankful for you all. And he was talking about the church. He said, you're an encouragement to us, and it's been amazing to watch God continue to work through you all. I have learned a ton, and I've been challenged in so many ways through you. Thanks for being a great example of faithfulness. And he sent that to me, and he said, I want you to tell the church family this. And I want to tell you guys, there are people that are encouraged because of our faith. And that's humbling to me. <laughs> that's humbling to me. And so I want to encourage you with that thought. As Hebrews tells us, without faith, it's impossible to please him. But our faith, our actions of faith, can encourage other people to also follow God by faith. And Peter here, he, ha- he responds in this great way. You know, sometimes I think it's good for us just to ask ourselves and say, if I was in a conversation with a friend from work or a family member, what stories of faith would I be able to share with them? What steps am I taking personally? Uh, uh, Actions and things in my life that would prove to them and show to them that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. See, Peter here, he was challenged, and God says, I give you this request for faith. And he then finally responds in faith. And this brings us to our last thought this morning, which to me is the most exciting part of the whole message, is that we see a reward for faith, a reward for faith. Look at verse number six. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. Oh man, I love this. I love this. So he says, all right, at your word, God, I'm going to put the nets out here. And he does it. And as soon as that happens, a great multitude uh, uh, comes into the fish and it breaks them. And so they beckon. They said, hey, 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 to their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that it began to sink. <laughs> when Peter finally got the message and he decided, uh, decided here to obey the word of God by faith, what happens? His obedience opened the door to God's miraculous blessing. And this is what we can get. Our steps of faith, our actions of faith, and our obedience to God open up a unique window into our lives and a unique window into experiencing God's blessing like never before. And that's what we see here. As he gets out there and he obeys uh, what God wants him to do, he experiences it. And this is what God wants to do for us. See, as you take steps of faith, as you follow him in this way, God wants to bless and strengthen you and to use you for his glory. But the problem is we are like Peter in the sense that we say, yes, I want to follow you, God, by faith. However, we're not completely all in. You say, what are you talking about, pastor? I want you to notice something here in this passage, okay? Notice here in this verse, it says, and there, say this word with me on this side, if you can see it. (laughs) What is that word? Net. Okay, let's think for a minute. Jesus said to him, go out into the deep and put out your nets, plural, right? Yes, plural. (laughs) He said, go out and put out your nets and prepare for a great catch of fish. Peter puts out a net and it breaks. What does that tell us? It tells us that Peter still wasn't all in. He wasn't all in, was he? He was, he was there, he was close, but he wasn't yet all in. I mean, think about what, if this is what God did with one net, that two ships began to fill up and began to sink, imagine what would happen if he just been like, put them all in, right? And he thrown all of the nets in, and God filled those nets. To me, they probably would have been able to walk from their boat to the shore on a bridge of fish, I think, probably. There would have been so many fish teeming there as God, the creator of the universe, made this happen, created this amazing miracle and, and how much more of a miracle, how much incredible it would have been. 
See, we can understand from this that our rewards of faith are connected to our actions of faith. And so many believers today, we make very safe faith decisions, don't we? We're very safe. Uh, We obey the Lord, but it's in a small way. We make a tiny adjustment. (laughs) I'll do this little thing, I'll do that. And and we don't ever get to the place where we just say, all right, God, I'm all in. We keep just doing these little uh, tiny things. I remember in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, talking about faith giving, of course, where he says, he that soweth sparingly shall also reap, or shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. I wonder how your blessings are today. Could it be, and wouldn't it be so great that we are so blessed that we could hardly hold it all in? I wish Peter had gone all in, don't you? And you know what? That's what I wish for myself, that I would just go all in for the Lord Jesus Christ. My prayer for us as a church that we would be all in. I mean, that every possible way that we could follow God by faith, we would just be like, all right, God, we're we're in. We're completely in. God, you want me to change this? Okay, I'm in. God, you want me to give this? All right, I'm in. God, you want me to serve in this way? All right, I'm in. And just be completely and totally surrendered to God. And that's my prayer for our church, that we would utilize every talent that we have, every technology God has given to us, every gift that he has blessed us with for the cause of Christ, holding nothing back. That means we're willing to forsake sins uh, that might keep us from serving him, that we would remove our own personal pride and our own desires uh, to fulfill the complete purpose for the Lord. I mean, think about this scene there that day. I mean, all these boats, they're starting to sink. All those people were probably still on the shore, don't you think? And they see these boats going down and they're screaming for help and there's fish just like flopping all over the place. If you ever watch The Chosen Season 1, there's a scene like that. I think this, this uh, story is in it. It's pretty amazing. It's CG. But you know, it's pretty cool anyway. You can tell. Uh, but imagine this in real life. And this is happening and all of these things are going on. And in the middle of it all, I mean, chaos, something unique is happening in the heart of Peter. And we're going to finish up here in verse number eight. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man. Oh Lord, for he was astonished. That means like fall back, surprised. And all that were with him at the draft of the fishes, which they had taken. It's amazing to me that in the middle of this whole scene, in this chaotic scene that's going on here, the Holy Spirit convicted Peter about his own lack of faith. Jesus had met him once before, but he had walked away. And in light of all of this was happening, this display of power that God had done, now Peter's true condition came before him. And he says, I'm just a sinner. Just leave me here. I'm not worthy of this blessing. And I love this reaction from Peter because it's so natural, isn't it? It seems so natural. It's so easy to follow because how many times in my own life have I followed the call of God or maybe I made excuses and I fell away or maybe I pursued God for a while and I fell back into my old life and I began to uh, fall back into some uh, old sins or, or thought process or way, whatever it was, but God in his long suffering and his kindness, he gave me another chance and he gave me another chance to obey, another chance to experience and follow his blessings. And sometimes even when we're in a moment where we're far from God, he still chooses to bless us. And when that time comes, we should respond like Peter here where he just falls down. He says, God, I don't deserve this at all. This is all completely for you. I am unworthy of any of these blessings. Look at verse 10. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, fear not. I love this. Because from henceforth, now on, Thou shalt catch men. Jesus displays forgiveness and restoration. And he tells Peter here, he says, it's okay. Don't be afraid. 
I still have your original commands here. I still have something that I want you to do. Warren Wearsby, a Bible commentator, he said this. He said, they had been catching living fish, and when they caught them, the fish died. But now they would catch dead fish, sinners, and the fish would live. I thought that was great. Their whole life now, their whole, everything that they were doing now was completely being changed by what had taken place. This was that second chance that Peter needed. And as we see this morning here in this final verse, verse number 11 of what we're going to cover today, we see this opportunity changes in a whole new way. It says, and when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. When they brought their ships to land, they forsook all and they followed him. Man, there would have been a lot of commotion, don't you think? As they brought those uh, ships into shore, all the people there yelling, come on in, come on in, and all the fish flopping everywhere. I would have loved to experience that. I don't like touching fish, but it would have been cool, you know, just to experience it. And they come there, and Peter and James and John, and they look at the fish, right? And then they look at Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, uh, uh, notice there in the verse, it says, when they brought it all the land, so everything was there. And I can see them looking now at this newfound wealth. Think about it. Two boats full of fish for like an hour's work, maybe. <laughs> they're looking at it. They're looking at Jesus. They're looking at the fish. They're looking at Jesus. What are we going to do? Notice there. They forsook all. That means they walked away from those fish. They walked away from their newfound wealth and they followed after Jesus. The question I have for us this morning is what do you need to forsake in order to give your all? It's all connected here. It's all connected. What do you need to forsake? That means to turn your back on in order to truly and completely follow Jesus. For these men, it was their livelihood. It was their career. For you, what do you need to forsake in order to fully follow Jesus? Is there a sin in your life that you're holding on to with both hands? Is it a relationship? Is it a family pressure maybe? Some sort of personal insecurity, maybe some comfort level in your life right now, and you're like, I don't want to give that up. I don't want to, I don't want to just turn that over to the Lord. Whatever it is, if we're going to be people that follow Jesus, like completely follow Jesus, then there's something that's going to have to be left behind. Something. For all of us, it's different, isn't it? And I'm thankful for that. Because I can't just come up here and be like, all right, do this, 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 and you're going to be good. It's <laughs> not how it works. You know your heart. The Holy Spirit works within your heart as a Christian. But what is it that you need to forsake in order to fully and completely follow after Jesus? What does it look like for you to forsake all? Forsake all. You know, church, there are not many days remaining until Jesus comes back. We live in confusing times. We live in a time where the enemy is getting the victory over and over and over again. Yet here's what I want us to know that as God's people, we are still confronted with the call to follow Christ by faith. Today, we are still confronted by God to launch out by faith, to go into the deep, to trust him in unknown waters, in unknown times. We are still called by God to go out and to let down our nets and to fully and, and completely pursue him. And I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what obstacles that you are going through. I don't know what is keeping you from following God by faith. 
But I want to challenge all of us today, this morning, as we head into our eighth year of ministry together, to choose faith today. Choose faith. Choose to follow Christ. Remove the obstacles that are keeping us from following him and trust him, follow him, and see if he doesn't open up those windows of heaven and bless you and overflow your boat so much that you can't even handle it. You know, today we look back on seven years of God's work here in this city and we are experiencing God's blessing today. This morning, really all my call for us is, is to simply recommit as we head into this new season of life, if we head into this next year of ministry in a new place, in a new neighborhood with people that need Jesus Christ, that we would re recommit today individually and collectively as a church that, hey, we are going to recommit that we're gonna follow God by faith no matter where he leads, no matter what he asks us to do, we are gonna be all in. We're gonna be all in. And I believe if we would do that, I believe by faith that if we would do that as a church, if each of us individually this morning would commit and say, God, I'm in, I'm all in, I'm not holding back. <laughs> I've decided to follow you, Lord. I'm not turning back at all. And I'm gonna pursue you. I really believe that we would next year at this time be able to look at this place and say, wow, look at what God has done. Today, I look, I'm, I'm so excited to see all of you here today. And thankfully it doesn't feel all that empty, right? <laughs> but I think all of us should have a little bit of a vision for the future as well. And why? Ask the question, God, why did you allow us to be in this building? Why, God, did you provide this for us? Why would we go from a room the size of where we're having coffee to this? Why? I have a feeling I know why. I have a hope. I have faith that I know why. But I believe it is for a reason. And you know what? It's going to happen as God works through us, a committed group of people saying, God, you did something amazing. Would you use us? Would you use this place for your glory? And I know we're going to look back at these years and just say, wow, wow. Man, God did this for a reason and a purpose. But he's still calling us today to walk by faith. He's still saying, go out into the deep, launch out, put down your nets, see if I don't bless you, see if I don't do something amazing. This is a pretty big net right here. And I think God's going to do something with it. We hope that today's message was a help to your relationship with God. To stay connected with us, you can like us on Facebook or give us a follow on Instagram at Van City Baptist. Our prayer is that God will uniquely bless and grow you as you pursue His will for your life.